You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with the Aces. This marks the second time that they've been on this podcast, and I couldn't be more excited about sharing this chat with you. Their debut album, When My Heart Felt Volcanic, is out now. The album's full of gem after gem, and the mission statement is clearly that the Aces want to be your new favorite band. With this talk, we go into specific favorites off the album, the stories behind certain songs, and why it was crucial for the band to showcase as much range as possible. This is the 405 Exchange with the Aces. Enjoy. So I met you guys last winter when you were putting the finishing touches on your EP and now you're back and you have an album that's going to be coming out soon. How does it feel knowing that it's actually coming out? Incredible! You know what's crazy is I just realized you came to the session where I was tracking drums for Volcanic Love, which came out today. Oh shit! Yeah, that's so weird. You live very serendipitous <laughs> lives. That's so fucking insane. And New York has become that place for you. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. New York is so cool for us because we like really honed in on the sound that we now you know consider to be aces, like quintessential aces, um, in Brooklyn. So we were here writing like we wrote Volcanic Love, we wrote Stuck, we wrote Touch, and all those songs off the of physical, off the EP yeah. in Brooklyn. And then half the songs on the upcoming album were written here too. So Brooklyn's definitely. Pretty special. Home of the Aces. Pretty special place. I'm really happy I'm getting to talk to you guys now because I got to live with the album quite a bit and this talk we're mostly going to be going kind of deep into it. Probably the deepest you guys are going to get the chance to go into. <gasps> oh, we're going to go deep. Super fucking deep. Well, you know, after listening to the album and living with it, it was amazing to me like how guitar driven it was, but it was clear how you wanted people to not just you wanted people to not have that be the only takeaway. I could tell that yeah. when I was listening to it. Like, there were so many other elements going on. Do you think that's fair to say and what you wanted to be conveyed with the album? Totally. I would definitely say so. I we think... just wanted people to be able to, like, every song, I mean, we're very melody-driven, and we just want the songs to be something that people can sink their teeth into and just vibe out to. So I think, you know, big, big beats, big melodies, and dressed in a lot of amazing, funky guitars, that's just pretty much our recipe for the whole for our music in general. Yeah, and no, we're gonna go into the tracks now, and something that I really loved hearing on the record is that the album version of Stuck, it felt so much more punchier. Yeah, oh, oh right. that's uh, Exactly, well, tell me about what was it like, re- I mean, this version of Stuck was obviously re-recorded. What did you guys want to achieve with it? We, exactly that, I think. Yeah. It's just yeah. like a rebirth, like, we just wanted to give it something new, something fresh for the album. It's like a great, we had a couple great mixers on it, and. Yeah, we got we got Mike Crossy who does all of like he designed Nick Nick seventy five um, to do to re, to mix it. Yeah. And so the original version was mixed by I don't I don't know just like a out uh, like a outhouse. It was mixer. that dude. It was our homie. Uh, what's his face? New Zealand. Um, our homie. He's one. in New Zealand. He's, yeah, he's a New Zealand. Yeah, he's a New Zealand mixer Check who was just like good friends of the, of our producer Simon Oscroft yeah. and Dan Gibson who. Um, did the track with us and so getting to kind of reimagine it with Mike Crossy was really cool because I think he added like a really cool like live punchy element yeah. to it and it's got it real like drums on it too which yeah. I think is another thing is like because the original ver- version we just left it uh programmed but I actually played these played these ones out and I think 
think he just like mixed him to hit way harder. So that was tight. You know, I think it's grown to be very significant about that song, especially in this version, is that Katie, the way your guitar is dancing along those drums is fucking sick. Oh, thanks. It's really fun. <laughs> I think cool. it was really cool after we had done the whole album, because that was like the last thing we did was the new stuck. Mm -hmm. So we knew kind of all the songs on the album and like we just wanted to make one that like really was cohesive with that sound. Yeah. So the next tune I'm going to touch into is the most recent track release, Fake Nice. Now what's really big about this song, and I think this is probably the highest compliment a New Yorker could give a song, but this song makes me want to like drive with the windows down and yes. fucking hate driving. <laughs> like, like, what is it like, like, what was the journey behind that song? Because I feel like that song is something very special. Yeah, absolutely. That song is so fun. And like, it start, it's like we're, we just started performing it live on this tour and people are like really just grabbing onto it. Um, we wrote that song in LA, and it's the only song on the record that's produced by a female producer. Oh, wow. And uh, her name's Wendy Wang, and she's amazing. And Elisa and I went into, we're, it's the funny story, because we were staying at the Sour Patch House, which is in LA, which is like this mansion up in the hills. And um, this this session got set up with this with this writer producer Wendy and we just went in and she was so sweet and it was just really easy. We literally I can remember going downstairs, we like made grilled cheeses and like talked about like like coming up and being raised in in like church and like we just like she just got deep right away. Got deep. Yeah. I just got to know her and then she has such an awesome approach to songwriting that I feel like is really simple and very she just like lets it happen in a way. I feel like she doesn't force anything and she's like a great guitar player. So that like little line like her and Katie worked on that as well and And it was so cool because this was like this fake nice actually fun fact was the last song that made the record. Like it was the last song we wrote yeah. before we're like, okay we have we have yeah. all the songs that we want. Because wow. uh, we wrote I mean I think we picked from like what guys like 40 different tracks yeah, yeah. for the 13 that made it and this was like the last song we wrote like because we were doing sessions on sessions on sessions and then this was like we wrote this song we're like okay boom like that's that finished the album like that's the last one we want and it was really it's cool because it's almost like we discovered a, a unique little like side of us with her yeah. and it was so fresh and it's so funny it's the last one to make the record but the first one to drop which yeah. is really it yeah, was really interesting, interesting. I remember yeah. the first time I heard like the bare demo of it and we were talking about if it was going to make the album or not and it was just this decision of, like this is too cool to not yeah. be the album and I was so excited to go in with Wendy and get creative on that song because it was such like this like spacey it had so much room in it but it was so fresh yeah, and funky so fun, yeah. and it was such a fun song to get creative on and show a new side of art. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the instrumentation like Kevin and Katie went in with Wendy and I think that that really makes the song too like that bass line that Ken came up with and working with Wendy and Katie kind of adding her flair on it as well as it's just it's so much like room to breathe and rhythmically yeah, yeah. so fun. It's very so minimalistic and just yeah. like that's the coolest, especially for bass. That was like really cool for me to. Those are the fun songs like make funky. Yeah, it's cool because like a lot of times too, like when you're in a session. Sorry, this question's taking. No, it's okay. <laughs> it just goes show how much you love the song. So yeah. yeah, it is like so cool because a lot of times when you're in a session with a producer, like you program stuff out first, then you'll go track it when it like makes your record. Do you know what I mean? You like go to the room and like actually like. Katie will add her parts, Kendall will add her parts, and then I'll play out my drums and like add shit and change it up uh, for the final like album version. But like for this one, it was cool to actually record on the spot. Like 
instead of programming anything, like it was like all recorded into the very first demo and then like enhanced Built once we got in the studio. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's really cool that you brought up my course because something I really wanted to touch on this next tune specifically is uh, Loving His Bible because I feel like that's where the 975 love kind of comes in. Yeah. But in regards to this tune is that, I mean, I keep saying punchy with some of the songs, but with this one, it's kind of like when things kind of, I want to say kind of like, like ebb and flow a bit more. Like kind of mm -hmm. like there's like attraction going on with the song. Mm -hmm. Like, are you guys, how do you guys feel about how this song came out? Because it feels quite different for you. Totally. I think that... It was, the thing that I always stick out in my mind about Bible, we call it Bible, we always show it as a Bible, um, but is that it took a minute to get that song right and it was very an experimental kind of track for us. Like, I think that you'll you hear that the sounds, there's like very like weird low, they like distorted, um, it's actually Elisa's voice, like that like your loving is that you hear in the beginning, that kind of like weird low Banksy kind of style of voice. Um, we just experimented a lot and it took us a minute to figure out the structure of that song and how it was going to play out and how it made sense, but I love it. I think it's such a vibe. I think it's so dancey. And that guitar line was super inspired by Paramore's latest record. Oh, that like album that, is fantastic. It's so, it's so great. Yeah. And I think like Katie and Simon think, yeah, really got so, into I, that. You have to give most credit to Simon. He's amazing. He's the one who like, had that. But like when we, were, when we were recording most of the guitar parts, we were talking about you know, that riff is so cool, but it can be so heavy. And it was, for a while, it went on pretty consistently. And it was talking about how to chop that up and make it fit right and how it, like, would flow properly. And that song was really hard to, like, map out and make it feel not too overwhelming, but so exciting. Well, it's you know? kind of like, this is how physical it was for us a lot. It's a, we call it, like, a puzzle. Like, it was yeah. a lot of, like, pieces that we thought were really cool, but then how to, like, figure out a way to, like, put them together in the right way. So mm -hmm. it was really, it flew, like really well and that's kind of how it's live too like it's been like for sure probably the hardest song to play live because the instrumental rhythmically is it's just so bizarre yeah. like it yeah. really is like kind of bizarre rhythmically so it's like playing it out live was like a whole journey of its yeah. own yeah. like still like working still, on the keeps yeah. of that um, but it's so fun once you nail it. It's just that type of thing like you can't overthink it and you've got to sit in the pocket otherwise it gets so crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think lyrically that song's quite interesting I think as well because um, it makes a pretty heavy re like reference to religion. Um, and we kind of went in just kind of because there's like a common saying that like, like we hear all the time from here and stuff which is like oh that's Bible. That shit's Bible. Yeah. And we really wanted to play with that and use that kind of um, topic and play with it and reference it to love and like making love your religion yeah. and so I think it turned out really interesting lyrically and, and that's kind of what our whole message in that song is it's like it doesn't really matter if you're religious if you're not who you are that the whole message is just like you're loving this bible this loving is like kind of my religion universal love yeah, I love that play on words, and it's funny like how specific I can feel. It's definitely from you and where you come from. I only have a couple more questions, but you know, it's always great to catch up with you guys. I'm going to be seeing you play live tonight, yeah. which is fucking awesome as well. <laughs> this gets, I get to go into this because last time I saw you live, one of the songs that really stuck out to me, and I'm really glad I got to hear it on the album, was Put It On The Line, and I feel like that tune is really fucking special. Oh, like, thank you. How did that song come together? Like, what is it, like, what's, what was it like? Because it feels very much, I feel like out of all the songs on the album, interestingly enough, that song, I could feel it being a band. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, mm -hmm. that one's interesting. That song is probably the most interesting story because we wrote it on a really bad day, as you could probably imagine. Oh, yeah. Like, we, it's a dark day. We went into a session uh, with our guys, Dan and Simon, who was in Brooklyn, and, like, I remember we spent, like, the first five hours of the session, like, 
just hitting dead ends. Like we like worked on this track all day that we all just kind of like sat back and looked at each other and we're like, this sucks. Like we don't like <laughs> oh, it. Shit. And so we ended up like scrapping an entire session we spent hours on and just like kind of sitting there. And like, it was cool because there was like this moment where like we were all just kind of pissed. And like, I remember like, um, just like, there was like, everyone's just, it's one of those times where everyone's going through a hard time. It was weird. Like Dan and Simon were going through shit personally. I know I was going through stuff personally at that time. And so it was personal. So the energy in the room between the four of us was like really almost neggy. There was like some neggy vibes going down. <laughs> and like, I remember just like doodling in my lyric book and like Simon was like fucking around on like this like floor tom and started going like, D -d 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 -d. it was really weird. Like yeah. he started like finger playing on the floor tom. Yeah. And then I remember, so it was out of nowhere, I just like started doing like a yeah. And I remember a specific reference for that session was anti, Rihanna's anti yeah. album. Um, I think there was just a lot of aggression in that song and a lot of like, and also Tame Impala was a huge influence over this entire record. And I think that that bass line is yeah. very, and that do 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 When I heard that demo, I was yeah, I was I like, this is something I've never heard before. I think that's definitely like the most artistic piece on the album. I think like that's our little like experimental like artistic baby. And I remember there's like if you listen, there's like this underlying like super distorted voice that uh, the under that's like under the top line the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And that's like like have you ever heard like Banks is like distorted voice? That's yeah. like rah, rah, rah. So it's like a direct reference to Banks. Yeah, we yeah. put that underline like the entire song because we just like want, it's just so dark. Just you know what like, I love about the artists that you guys just named, especially their projects like with Banks and Tim and Paula and like uh, Rihanna, is that their most recent projects, all three of them, have been so eclectic yet so cohesive around the same time. And it's really interesting how they kind of start that line. Do you feel like as artists, as someone that's kind of inspiring, knowing that you can go in many different directions yet still have a voice and kind of an identity? Yeah, 100%. I think that as artists, you know what I mean, like everyone's always kind of trying to be like, what's your genre? What kind of music do you play? And like, I, I understand the need to like identify, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like we're just, we're people and like creative people. And it's always an ever changing situation. Like the kind of music we want to write, the kind of things we want to talk about going day to day. Like you're just a person, you know, who's like experiencing tons of different things, tons of different emotions. And like, we are all like love all kinds of genres of music. So I think the, our album is a bit eclectic, you know, with the sounds and with the kinds of songs you'll hear. Yeah, before I let you guys go, I'm gonna ask probably the toughest question anyone's yet going to ask you. Are you ready for it? We're, we're, ready. Really tough. we're ready. I wanna hear from each of you what's your favorite track on the album. Oh, I know. That's not it's like that. picking your I favorite children. That is, like, that's hard. This it's more so I wanna hear the argument amongst yourselves where you're like, really, you like that fucking one? Like, <laughs> well, it's so funny because we've, like, had that already. And, like, yeah. they'll say your favorite's like, wait, but maybe you like this one. It's hard, hard to so pick. It's really hard to pick. Because I think you're almost literally impossible. I think your debut, like, it's really like we've picked our favorite songs that we've written over like quite a while, you yeah. know. So I, they're all like yeah, like our babies. This album is, is our part. picked favorite. Do you know what then? Let's change this question a bit then. Rather than doing it that route, what about your favorite? Because you guys are. I mean, we can do it. We can no, pick no. Let's track. shift around because I think this is a bit better. Because something that we talked about the first time we talked that I think I'm gonna definitely see again tonight that a lot of people definitely need to like realize and gravitate towards is that you're very much a live band. Mm -hmm. So rather than your favorite bit song of the album, what's your favorite song to perform live? Like, we have played a lot of them live yet. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. haven't played a ton of them. Maybe like the 
track that like you had you're, the most experience you're more, like, most excited to play live. Okay, yeah. Let's yeah. do track. Maybe one of those. Okay, go my, for it. My that's I'm most excited for is strong enough. I yeah. Just love, uh, I just love how it makes me feel. Like I, the baseline. Like I just love it. It's we don't even argue with each other. We're like, yeah, that one's dope. Yeah. True. But there's so many that I love so much too. Like holidays baseline. Yeah. Holiday is one for me that I can't wait to play live. I feel like it's like such a shimmery like. Yeah. Like jam. I just love it. Yeah. What would you say? Um, I definitely say volcanic love. Like, which we do play live. Playing it live is already my favorite thing, and like that whole experience, like when it was first created, first meeting Dan Simon, it has like such like a place in my heart, so and like recreating that, cause that riff, like I, I listened to the old demo, and it's like so this like basic thing. When we started playing it live, I kind of interpreted it in my own way and got to re-record it, and we got to like revamp this track. Yeah, cool to read. And it just like I just feel like it's such a big placeholder in the album, and it's the title track. Yeah. Volcanic Two has it. evolved a ton because we played it live. We've been playing it live for almost like two years already. Yeah. So like we were able to play it live and then like re-record it to like a place where like it was able to like season. Like yeah, we seasoned yeah. it. And, yeah, like, got yeah. To put stuff we really liked to change it. Like you don't really get to do that with songs. So you're like really lucky. To do yeah, that that's true. That was really cool. But yeah, um, Volcanic, just track-wise, Volcanic's probably my favorite because it's just so special. It's the very first song written for the record. Yeah. So, um, but live performance, I love performing it as well, but I'm honestly, I think I'm going to pick Fake Nice because it's yeah. so Fake Nice just goes so off. Fun. You play yeah. that song and people just chant it and scream it. It's so dancey. I just, I have so much fun when I play that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, we're in February, going in March, and you guys got to end up playing so many shows. I really can't wait to see what happens, like, fucking by the end of the year. Like, this is not Yeah, yeah. We can't wait either. We're so ready. Yeah. I so mean, excited. I said it at the start of the talk, but again, like, your debut album is about to come out. Like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We are, like, pinching ourselves. We're, like, we we record, we wrote Volcanic, like, two years ago now, and today people are actually hearing really the recorded like, version. It's, like, yeah. it's feeling like such a long time coming, and the album feels like such a long time coming. Yeah, we're just we can't wait for people to hear it. I say everything. Yeah, I can't wait for people to hear it too. Well, thanks again for coming. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, always good, man.